The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. Hi, this is Melvin. I'm a wizard. And I cast spells. Colvic Darkseed. I am a half-orc cleric, and I have devoted my life to the goddess Hyaea. I'm Roscoe Toscobble. I'm a rogue. And pretty cool guy. Novella go to Ventura team. That should be our spinoff podcast, man. <laughs> Lewis, Lewis and Kevin's crazy D&D corner. <laughs> All right, Kevin, you go into a tavern and you see a boob. <laughs> <laughs> no! I almost feel like the undergrounds would have a good system. Uh, you look around and you see that the home of Vigat is, um, it's ransacked. How does your invisibility work? It makes me invisible. And the door to Dunk's office slides open. You guys, the hell are you doing here? Um, I guess I don't really know what we are doing here. I don't think we're going to need this building anymore. Good location. You make a fucking ton of money. Unconventional for a cobalt to have a business above ground, but uh, I suppose I don't really have to be there very much. Now remember, we get a deal here. Don't worry. If we get killed, we won't talk. Can you just imagine, like, the aliens trying to talk, like, some prehistoric dude in the making, like, all right, you got to do... No, hold on. All right, you got to... Just fucking... All right, no, you put that piece of it. Just fucking stop, will you? Like, <laughs> You also see in this room a figure kneeling towards the foot, which would be on the far side of where Aegis' body is. So Roscoe has entered the room, but is just outside of the doorway. You guys stew together this plan of you're going to fucking use the... Victor's magnificent Victor's fist. Magnificent. Victor's magnificent. Victor's fist. magnificent fist. Victor's magnificent fist. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna use that to push the corpse of Aegis and the mysterious cloaked figure into the portable hole. So Melvin has moved up to the ed- edge of this big room, handed the portable hole to Roscoe. Roscoe's gonna go around the backside, lay out the portable hole. And then Melvin's going to cast this, and Kulvik was where? Well, waiting was, by the doorway. Yeah, I'm going to uh, be waiting by the doorway, and if all else fails in all this, and he's still struggling, I'm going to cast Hold Person on him. I'm just kind of waiting. And then, 
Roscoe can just go up and push him into the hole. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to smash everybody in with your victory. I'm going to try, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. If what that fails, that's oh, when yeah. the whole okay. person yep. comes in. Do, okay. we, do we want Roscoe to... Do you want to... Uh, do you want to distract this guy a little bit so he kind of turns around to sure. you like kind of the last second? And then I basically would shove him. The body will hit him in the back of the head and then knock him right into the hole. Well, I feel yeah. like just me flapping up the portable hole will make enough of a little noise. Well, I well, mean, those... he can still hear you. So if you start like clapping your hands or something like that, he'll turn around. Yeah. All right, I... I go. <laughs> 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 All right. Our trap is... Okay. Ready to be set. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's think this through. Let's have okay. a little thought experiment. So, Roscoe, you've, I think, demonstrated that you are more than stealthy enough and then fucking throw some invisibility on top of that. You can make it all the way around to the backside of this guy. Position yourself as you please. And you guys have a telepathic bond, so you can say, we're ready, right? Like, we don't have to worry about stealthy A-team communication here, like hand signals, etc. You guys can just literally talk. So, let's play this out play-by-play. Play. Roscoe, you're standing behind the mysterious hooded figure. Nothing has changed since we entered the scene effectively. You've got the portable hole in your hand. Take it away. Flip it out behind the guy and I say, go, 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 in my head. All right. I start clapping. <laughs> start making some claps. <laughs> what's, what's that fucking song they play at every goddamn wedding? The... Something two times. The, fucking, why can't I think oh, of it? Oh, clap two times. Yeah, there's that part where he's, he's just, they're just fucking clapping clap, for clap, like clap, a clap, minute clap, straight. Clap, 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 clap. You're just like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> Every time I think about a distracting noise, I think of Seinfeld going, or Kramer and Seinfeld going, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. when he's trying to get Joe DiMaggio's attention. <laughs> That's right. I, my head always goes to uh, Three Amigos when he's up on the wall. He's trying to make the bird noise. He's like, whoop, whoo. <laughs> and then he eventually gets so frustrated. He's like, look up here, look up here, look up here. <laughs> All right, so Roscoe whips out the fucking, uh, the portable hole. It unfurls and is gently settling to the ground. As that is happening, he begins clapping. Let us make one roll, mysterious. All right, a mysterious roll happened. Now, Roscoe has done his part, and we move over to Melvin. And I cast Victor's Magnificent Fist. Victor's Victor's Magnificent Magnificent Fist. Fist. In an effort to plow this dead body into this live body and knock them both (laughs) to the portable hole. Wow. All right, so we are going to use the forceful hand feature of this. The hand attempts to push a creature within five feet of it in a direction you choose. Make a check with the hand's strength contested by the strength parentheses athletics check of your target. If the target is medium or smaller, you have advantage on the check. If you succeed, the hand pushes the target up to five feet, plus a number of feet equal to five times your spellcasting ability modifier. The hand moves with the target to remain within five feet of it. So... I would say with all those five feats and pluses and all the rest of it, you definitely have enough to push a corpse off of a table into a person and into a hole. Uh, I think the dexterity aspect of this that I was originally thinking about, I'm just, just going to give that to you. Uh, let's have you make a... Where the fuck is the strength of this thing? It has a strength of 26, so you get a plus 8 bonus. Oh, it does have a dexterity of just 10. 
Uh, but like I said, I, I think that everybody's unsuspecting. You're just pushing in a straight line. I feel good about all that. So give me a strength roll at advantage to push these dudes all into the hole, living and dead. All right. <laughs> strength roll, 17 and a 13. 17 and a 13. That's 17 plus 8 is going to be 25. That is more than sufficient. <laughs> You uh, oh push them God. past the hole. Ross <laughs> 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 goes on the other side and you just get fucking scissored by this corpse. <laughs> I pushed the corpse in half or something. <laughs> <laughs> Mashed ages. It smells immediately. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. All right, so you are able to successfully, from the head down, push this. Just imagine the legs just split apart right away. Catch the hooded figure right in the neck and push him down into the hole. And from here, we'll go back to Roscoe. And I'm going to have you make a real simple, just straight up dexterity check to close the hole in time. Six plus five. Eleven. Eleven is enough to do it. So, an invisible hand from an invisible wizard pushes a corpse into a living hooded figure. That hooded figure gets crotched down into the hole by the invisible hand and the corpse. Roscoe, like a magician pulling a tablecloth off the table, flips up the portable hole's surface, and you now have a silken cloth in your hands with two... Well, oh, one living and one dead body. Soon to be two dead bodies. <laughs> Back to the secret entrance. <laughs> During this time... Um, I'm going to cast Guardian of Faith just in case anyone heard any of this coming down that stairwell. You said there was a stairwell in the other end, There correct? is a stairwell that goes yep. up to the upper floors. So I would like to dedicate this to someone who just donated a bunch of money to our Kofi account. Uh, that would be Steve. Steve, Ooh, Steve. this is going to be a, a Guardian of Faith of Steve. He's going to guardian faith of... He's going to guard that stairwell of us. <laughs> Steve, thank you so much. You're helping us get away from this escape here. It's, it's, it's just Steve standing just Steve. at the... He's <laughs> just standing there. With his hands at his waist. No, I think his arms of... are crossed and he's looking at the stairway oh, disapproving. Yeah. Okay, I that his arms are crossed. He's just staring at the stairwell. The shimmering figure of Steve appears, prepared to do up to 60 damage to any what-the-fuck-ever that comes down these <laughs> stairs. Like, your Patronum is Steve. <laughs> Expecto Steve. <laughs> Shit. I feel like you have to cut that out. We can't make fun of Steve. Too much. I love no. No, that was brilliant. That was great. No, it was fucking brilliant, Steve dude. That's gonna be the. Patronum. That's the that's the fucking episode title. Expecto Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever episode this gets used in is Expecto Steve. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. You are in here forever in our universe. I expect, I, ex- I expect, expecto Steve to be used quite a bit in the future. Oh man, that's, that's your fucking guardian of faith from now on, expecto Steve. Expecto Steve. Well, you know, and I've I've been trying to think of great ways to do that for anybody that is a you know firm supporter of the show, somebody that's really made a difference in keeping us. You know, on the air, making awesome art like the the fucking War Clowns Commission yeah, happen. Yeah, great. Like I'm trying to find shit in the episode to make that happen. Uh huh. And you know, that's 
that that just happened organically <laughs> as hell right there. Expecto Steve. <laughs> Not normally a praying man. <laughs> if you're out there, please help me, Steve. <laughs> help me, Stevus. <laughs> Stevus. Oh shit, Stevus. Oh, Stevus. Stevus. Save me, Stevus. Expecto <laughs> Stevus. <laughs> oh. All right. So the the so, the disapproving figure of Steve is standing at the bottom of the stairs. I feel arms like it's just kind of like we're just kind of stunned that this all just we just pulled this off flawlessly, and we're just all kind of standing there silently looking at this ghost of Steve who's <laughs> staring at the staircase, just not really paying attention to you guys, but just waiting. You get, like nobody, nobody in our party is playing a bard, but there's a there's a, th- a ability for a bard called vicious mockery. <laughs> I feel like that's how Steve would deliver his damage. Like the whoever would come down the stairs in your general direction, they <laughs> just have some wicked insult and just tear him to shreds mentally. I suppose neither Roscoe or I know who this guy is, so. It's just this dude that appears. Super weird to us. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Don't worry about it, guys. He's cool. Oh, you know, all right. So, like, on a a semi serious tangent there, I wonder what it would be like to be inside of somebody's head while they cast a spell. Like, you've got a mental telepathic link. Like, I think I just imagined Colbuck just screaming, Expecto, Steve. But, <laughs> well, like, it sounds like it's coming from everywhere. All yeah. at once. Steve, 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 Steve. Thanks, Steve. Fucking Dolby 5.1 yelling, Expecto, Steve, in your brain. Somehow I knew this guy from my past. Man, that guy was really cool. He helped me out in a bind. Nice. That's amazing. Okay, so... I guess we do know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> so, back into back into the scenario here. We've got Expecto Steve is standing by the door, keeping watch, ready to de- deal out some damage. You've got a dead body and a live body in the portable hole. For about now. six seconds have passed. What do you do? Go for the secret entrance. Run, run, run. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I don't know. We don't know who that is. It could be Marcus, but we don't know for sure. I say maybe we wait like a minute or two until... Do you want to hold on to the bag and you want me to scout some more? Yeah. Well, Well, no. no. I want you to stick close because we're going to open up this hole and see what it is, but after they've kind of ran out of air for a little bit. Well, that's my thought. Why don't we go on the entrance and close the door and just hang out out of sight for him? 10 yeah. minutes until this person is yeah. dead. Or <laughs> <laughs> damn near. Yeah, I mean, if he's dead, <laughs> no harm done. Yeah, okay, let's do that. If he's dead, well, dead. So you guys make your way out into the hallway, and you touch that special rock out in the hallway, and the magical, unexplainably light door slides its way back to closed, and you're standing in the hallway. How long are you going to wait? How long did it take for someone 15 minutes. <laughs> All right, so you're going you're gonna to wait what? for at least a while. So the first thing I'm going to do is I don't, make no, a no. dice roll. I'm going to say no. I, I don't want this person to die, but I want to make sure they're good and winded. 
Why don't Maybe we want them to die? We'll pass. Well, we don't know who it is. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Why? We're going to bring them both. Well, we're not necessarily going to bring them both it's back to the, life. It's just the local priest. Yeah, I don't care then. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, we're on a mission to kill one person. There's, and so I would say we, we need to try to time it. Ten minute, there's ten minutes of air in there. And I would say we want to wait around 13 minutes. Okay. okay. All right, so I'm going to make a dice roll. Man, imagine breathing like 10 minutes of rotting corpse air. Yeah. Oh, and hopefully they had to survive. I have some bean for dinner. <laughs> Did you, I, I don't think they put it in the actual show, but in the, uh, what the fuck is the Dragon Lady show? Why can't I think of it? The movie or show? Uh, Game of Thrones. Oh. So in Game of Thrones, there's this amazing scene where, spoiler alert, if anybody's watching Game of Thrones and you're not caught up, just fast forward like a minute. So there's a scene where... Uh, Tyrion goes in and shoots the his dad with a crossbow. Yeah, while he's on he, the can, even while he's on the can, and like they describe in the book in excruciating detail how much it stinks, mm. and <laughs> it's just. And then like every time he sees the body after that, it, like it goes back to the stink, and it's like a page and a half. It's like a fucking Russian novel <laughs> describing a sardine or a cigarette butt. Like it's just it's really intense. Anyway, spoiler alert done. If you can resume the show now, if you haven't, <laughs> you don't care about that or whatever. Anyway, uh, so, so the first thing that happens to you guys, you make it out into the hallway, you mentally discuss and settle on a time of about 13 minutes, and we set the timers on our smartphones. <laughs> Alexa, Ooh, I'm going to activate Alexa. <laughs> yeah, you will set timer for 16 minutes so you guys all set your timer for 13 minutes in your mental brain space or whatever it is that you're doing you make it about 20 seconds into that and suddenly a hooded figure appears next to you about five feet away mechanically what has just happened and i'm going to say that you guys would all know this because you've had this portable hole for some time is that if the hole is folded up, a creature within the hole's extra-dimensional space can use an action to make a DC-10 strength check. On a successful check, the creature forces its way out and appears within five feet of the portable hole or the creature carrying it. A creature within blah blah blah, it's all about breathing shit, whatever. So what has just happened is that the figure that you had pushed with the corpse into the hole has forced its way out of this hole. I'm gonna have all of you roll for initiative and you are going to be surprised for the first round. I had no idea that could fucking happen. Me nope. either. Nope. <laughs> Didn't know that was a fact. God damn it. This guy's tough. Eleven. Five. Six. So what does that look like? Like Ace Ventura, like squeezing out of that rubber asshole or something? Like... <laughs> that rubber elephant asshole. Nope. They just pop a new existence. What are they like? <laughs> like how does that? <laughs> Weird. Melvin, tell me your score there again. Uh, that would be seven. Roscoe? Six. Ulvik. And we're all in invisible. Well, except for me, because I cast a spell. I'm the only one that's not invisible now. Oh, because you cast the invisibility that makes mm -hmm. it so that you appear when you but do I, a no, thing. I cast, yeah. Well, and you're Good not point. invisible either. Why is that? Because you cast uh, Expecto Stevo. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> The You're only right. one that's invisible is Roscoe right now. And I don't have enough D6s. For what? 
to make sneak attacks. Do you oh, need uh, more d6s? The, the box of dice is... Yeah. Oh, I guess you just can't roll sneak attacks then. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're prepared yeah. for future. Only leveled yeah. up at one up a dice but last you know, time. Oh, that's right. But you know, this is a rich man's game. If you don't have enough dice, you can't do it. <laughs> Sucks, dude. God, those poor... I was thinking about those poor bastards that, like, I played with when I was young that, like, they literally had one set of polyhedral dice. Oh, no, and they have to roll it over and over oh. and over and over. And you're passing them around. Oh, <laughs> poor people. <laughs> Can't even afford dice. That was this guy. Yep. We had, I think we had two. Two sets? Yeah. Yeah. The first time I ever played D&D, I was like nine or ten like that. And we had a magic card and that was my character. <laughs> I was so excited to be that character. I think it was like Golem or something stupid. Like I was down we had in a cave. A magic card. What? You had a magic I card. Had, oh man, magic card. I'm like, and they handed it to me like, this is you. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so cool. And I wasn't that cool. <laughs> Little did you know all these years later. Yeah. You'd be playing a different turd of a character. I know, right? <laughs> I was the lower turd I was now. People yeah. in Europe listen to us. That's true. <laughs> that's true. We're big in Australia. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Australia is our biggest download country. Australia, if you listen to this, <laughs> if you'd like a to host me, I would love to come visit you and play and live D&D with you. That would be awesome. Pay for my trip. Pay for my flight. See, let me stay in your house. Keep things away from me that want to kill me. Yep. D&D tour. All upside down and shit. Right. If you can just be a D and D tour guide, I mean, we would. Do you, do you know what happened though? You would totally get fucking uh, miseried. You guys remember? You you all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The ankle treatment. Uh, you get hobbled. Where you get yeah. smashed with a fucking five pound hammer. I've never seen the movie. I've read the book like five times. Well, do Kovic's voice. It's just my voice. Smash. <laughs> who's uh? Who's the dude in that? Worth it. Oh, uh, God. It's the same dude who... I can't think of his name right now. Is it James Conn? It sounds right. Is is Sonny Corleone? Is he um, an elf with the Will Ferrell movie? I've never seen Elf. He's the dad. (laughs) Yeah, it's the same dude, I think. You've never seen Elf? What's wrong with you, man? Is it worth seeing? Yes. Yeah. Do you have any maple syrup? It's okay. I have some right here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I need to make an elf character for this. I stole that joke from The Simpsons. Really? Sugar. Oh yeah, he's got that's uh, Hank Scorpio. He's got sugar packets, <laughs> not even packets. Oh yeah, just that's right. sugar in his pockets. Sorry, they're not packets. <laughs> he apologizes because they're not <laughs> packets. <laughs> he's just got loose sugar in his pockets. Everyone's life is based yeah, on sure, the sugar. Sure, over here you go. <laughs> okay, let's finish this. Finish him, or let's start this. I guess technically. Mm-hmm. So, much to your chagrin and surprise, a hooded figure appears about five feet away from you. As established in the parts that I hopefully cut out at this point, Roscoe is still invisible because he has not done anything like casting spells or take actions or whatever else. Kolvik is visible because he cast Expecto Steve. Melvin is visible because he cast... What did you cast again? I cast... Victor's Magnificent Fist. Did you cast Victor's Magnificent Fist? Victor's Magnificent Fist? Not Victor's Magnificent Fist. Victor's Magnificent Fist. So you are now visible. Kolvik is also visible. Roscoe is invisible. A figure appears. That figure rolled a 12. Kolvik rolled an 11. Malvern rolled a 7. Roscoe rolled a 6. So that figure is going to have the first action on this round. That figure looks around, sees the two of you, at least, because Roscoe is still invisible, 
and starts booking it in the other direction, down the alleyway in this underground uh, sewage system, effectively, and manages to get about 70 feet away from you. Kolvik, it is now your turn. I would like to run towards him and cast Hold Person. Okay. You get about 30 feet closer, cast that spell. All right. 70 feet in a single turn. Guy's fast. Yeah. What race was his girlfriend that we hunted down earlier? What? Oh, age is his girlfriend. Um, he must make a wisdom saving throw. Clearly not her. (laughs) 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 All right. Wisdom saving throw for Mm -hmm. this target. And your DC is what? Remind me. 15. All right. With a six, this person fails, is held, and face plants a little ways down the hallway from you. I'm going to ask Roscoe telepathically to come towards me and ask if this is the figure we saw you saw earlier up on the stage. So since this person is in a held state and they get to make wisdom saving throws at the end of their turns, we're going to stay in initiative order for a little bit longer. Okay. Uh, what that means is that it is now the end of your turn, and Melvin, did you want to do anything on your turn in the midst of this? So dashing only uh, doubles my speed, correct? Correct. So I can't even get... I can only get within 10 feet of this person anyway. So I'll give it a shot. I'll try to put this person to sleep. Um, The range is 90 feet on that spell. Is that bad form? Is that what? Bad form. Just to tell another person a suggestion while they're on their turn. Mm, I'm going to say yeah, but I'll accept it just because you guys have like a mental telepathic thing going on right now. Later on in the podcast, bad form. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys have been playing D&D long enough, but whatevs. I also feel like that's a conclusion Melvin would have come to anyway, so I'm not, I'm not too off about that. I have no idea what this person or whatever is all about, so I'm going to cast sleep at a third level. You cast sleep at a third level. Go ahead and do that. Wow. wow. Yeah, that could have been better. Nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> that was a total of... What does that all stack up to be? 23 hit points worth of sleep. Uh, that person uh, you can see is still struggling. In other words, not asleep. All right, that's going to close out your turn. Well, Roscoe. I'm going to oh, oh, oh. move um, 30 feet in that direction. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you did that first. Oh, did I say that I did that? You did move towards him. Yeah, so you, because you're taking an action, you advance a total of 30 feet. Gotcha. Just to be clear on that. Can I use a bonus action to cast Misty Step? Uh, no, you are not able to cast two full-on spells on your turn. You can do a cantrip and a regular spell, but not both of the same. Then my turn is done here. We head on over to Roscoe. How does this person move 70 feet in one action? Uh, you would know mechanically from an IRL perspective here that they were able to dash on their turn. What is that? Does that is that like two and a half times? No. Dash is using your movement to double your movement speed, so you would surmise oh, this person is just faster than me. Yeah, they can move 35 feet on their turn. Right. Nothing yeah. I can do but get closer. I suppose I can shoot, but I don't really want to because this person is not necessarily hostile. So. I'm just going to dash my 60 feet. Your 60 feet is dashed. You get within 10 feet of this figure struggling on the floor. All right. 
returns to the hooded figure's turn. The hooded figure is going to make a wisdom saving throw. That is going to be a... What does that turn out to be? 11. And so is still held personed. That was a big deal. Yeah, that that was huge. And now we return to Kolvik's turn. Kolvik, you are within 40 feet of this person. Mm-hmm. You're right. Well, um, I feel like this person is incapacitated, uh, incapacitated at the time. And so I'm going to go up and try to talk to him. I say, who are you? Maybe you should I'm gonna telepathically tell you, maybe you should tie them up. <laughs> all right, all right. I was loose on the first one, but communication should happen on your own turn. All right, fine. You should, should tie them up. I'm still <laughs> <laughs> I can only do what I'm going to do here. Okay. I'm going to go up to him and say, who are you? All right. So let me clarify a thing. Old person, choose a humanoid that you can see within range. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be paralyzed for the duration. This creature has failed on its saving throws and is thus paralyzed. If we reference page one, oh, sorry, 291 in the player's handbook, the description of the condition which is paralyzed. A paralyzed creature is incapacitated and can't move or speak. Oh. You as a spellcaster who is casting the spell on this person would know that, so you probably wouldn't go up and be like, hey, answer my <laughs> questions. Okay, well, thank you for the description. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go up and to this mysterious person, and in fact, I will tie them up at this point. If I do know they can't talk, they're no use to me actually speaking to them. I will incapacitate them further by tying them up with the rope. I'm gonna fuck over you around one more time and just tell you that you are 40 feet away and I believe your movement speed is 30. You can either take the dash action to get all the way up to them, or you can get within 30 feet and not be able to tie them up. If I take the dash action, I cannot tie them up, can I? Tying somebody up would be a complex enough action that you would have to use an action, like the resource in your turn that is action to do so. Yeah. You could get within 10 feet and throw your rope at them. (laughs) Just throw yourself on them. Just lasso them kind of thing. (laughs) How long are they paralyzed for? A turn? Mm, I think it's as long as you can hold your concentration up to one minute. And if I banish them to another dimension, it would break that concentration, I feel? That is correct. That seems like a poor idea. Well, that's why I asked. And it is a poor idea. <laughs> great, great analysis there, Sports Center. <laughs> Look at fucking Sports Center over here. And what's wrong with America? <laughs> no, at this point, I will go ahead and do the dash action. And I will lay on them and try to hold them with my arms and try to subdue them. Okay, so you are not able to do a full-on grapple, but you can definitely lay across them. uh, And you can maintain your concentration, so there's just a paralyzed person on the ground that you're laying on now. Yep, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Excellent. VGAT fans and newcomers alike. Another fine week here in our world. I have just one awesome thing to share this week. This is as close as it gets to a one-year anniversary, folks. Our first ever episode came out on November 5th, 2017. 
I think it got all of 12 whole downloads in the first few weeks it was out. And I did my best to publicize and get it out there, but it was a long, long road and a long, long time ago. We've achieved a few pretty important things in our first year. Well, important to me anyway. First of all, 20,000 downloads. Now, I know that the big name podcasts get that in an hour or at worst in a day, but you know, we're out here fighting for every earful we can get. I mean, thankfully, none of us are depending on this damn thing to eat or we'd all be screwed. But still, that's a big boatload of downloads for our tiny little No Famous People Involved podcast. What's more important is that this is all because of you folks. You're the ones out there leaving us ratings and reviews, telling your friends, just in general spreading the word. It doesn't just make a difference, it makes all the difference. Another major landmark is getting within a dollar of breaking even on our monthly costs through Patreon alone. And then shooting right on past that with Kofi donations. Seriously, every single one of you is awesome and I cannot thank you enough. The fact that there are folks out there willing to not only listen, but to actually help support the show, well, it makes me really excited to keep sharing this story with all of you. You know, the craziest thing for me is how global we are. Uh, yeah, yeah, again, of course, our, you know, our biggest audience is uh, by a long shot in the United States. And we're an English-speaking podcast, that's our country of origin, etc., and I get that. But we do have a reasonably strong following in the UK, Australia, Canada, Sweden, Singapore, Germany, Denmark, and a handful of others. So to every one of our listeners abroad, and of course, to every single listener out there, thank you so, so much for making our first year extra super. We've got some good distance to go in this story, and plans are already in the works for the next one. I can't wait to tell it all to all of you. But for now, let's just get back into the gang and their adventures in the Undercity of Andon. We move over to Melvin on his turn. I'm just going to dash 60 feet closer. Okay. Did you move? Yeah, you moved 30 feet on your last turn, so with a dash, you can get right up to them. All right. I'm right up to them then. So now there's a paralyzed person on the ground. Kolvik is laid across <laughs> them. Melvin is watching. I'm just going to I'm gonna lay across Kolvik. Oh, are we going to dogpile? Yeah. All right. Uh, and then we get over to Roscoe, and Roscoe, I believe you dashed your last turn, so you're starting your turn 10 feet away. I wasn't 10 feet. <laughs> you're just going to tie up the whole mess? <laughs> no. Uh, if I can... I'll move my 10 feet, and since I'm holding all three immovable rods, I'll put one across each wrist and Whoa. one on their feet. Look at that guy. Just a second, did, didn't you put him on the doors earlier? He didn't I was make going it up to, there but yet. I never went upstairs. Okay, great. I thought you put him on the, the downstairs coming in. Okay, I apologize. No, we were talking about upstairs doors. So yes, you do have all three immovable rods. Gotcha. Good memory for, well, for a VGAD player, that's a damn good memory. <laughs> uh, no, Roscoe's known for good memory. It's that's the rest true. of us. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> there's one thing I'm known for. It's my great memory. <laughs> Throughout the land. <laughs> All right, and this person is powerless to resist, so you are able to take them, splay them out in the crucified position, and pin them down with three immovable rods. I feel like that probably uses up my turn. I think so, too. Actually, technically activating one rod is uh, an action, so let's play this out the right way. So you're able to place one rod. Which one do you want to place? 
Go ahead, where, do you, where do you want to place your rod, Roscoe? Where would you like to activate your rod? I would say um, across, put one rod across both of this person's feet. You think so? I yeah, think so they can't run. Would I be able to grab both of this person's arms, place them above their head, and pin both of their wrists? Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. With one rod. With one rod. Yeah, like hard enough almost to break bone. Like there's no moving from what I'm doing. Gotcha. You're pinned pinned to the F down. All right. Yeah, that's definitely within the within the turn order. Uh, that is the end of Roscoe's turn. All right. So we're gonna play this out one last time. All right. So on the last turn, this person who you still have not taken the time to identify is able to break Colvick's hold person mental hold, but their wrists are completely held, and they've got two people piled up on top of them. So this person has now regained their faculties and motor control, I guess would be the right way to put that. Do I become not invisible since I use the immovable rod? I think so. We should uh, probably look that up. Does, I think the spell just said if you attacked or cast a spell. Yeah, that sounds like the right language. This was invisibility, right? Not greater? Correct. Spell ends for a target that attacks or casts a spell. Yeah, so, so this dude is just weirded out by the thing that appeared on his arm. Just, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, the fuck whoa. is going on? Where the fuck this come from? <laughs> fucking like shitty, uh, shitty like uh, uh, fucking what's the movie with David Bowie? This labyrinth, labyrinth style animation, like whoa, comes down and presses his hands down super hard across the wrist. And now, so wait. Let me summarize the scene again where we stand. So Roscoe, still invisible, has placed an immovable rod nearly bone-crushingly hard across the two uh, wrists above this figure's head and activated that rod, so it is now immovable and in a very awkward spot. Uh, Kolvik is piled on top of this figure. Melvin is piled on top of Kolvik. Uh, hold person is no longer in effect because the will save was made. And... I think at this point we can drop out of initiative because you've fairly securely secured this figure. Okay. I, I think they're subdued. We don't need to go too much further on dice rolls, etc. What would you like to do? Well, put another immovable rod on the feet. Done. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's pile off and unmask this villain. You pull off the mask. And it's the old man from the graveyard. And he says, I would have got away with it. <laughs> you meddling adventurers. <laughs> yep. uh, you pull back the hood, and it is, in fact, Marcus Gringold. And he is looking at the three of you with a look of fury and rage in his eyes, uh, which fades quickly to recognition. Do I still Recognition, have my... I feel like, should bring more of fury and rage. It's funny that. That faded when he recognized us. I'm going right. to... It, it fades into a... Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Let's say cocky. Okay. Hey, he's like, he, he knows who we are and whatever. We can... He can do... I mean, even though he's paralyzed, he can do what he wants. There's a of hint thing. of smugness. Yep. All right. I'm taking out my daggers. Twirling them. I'm going to take out the... My designated poking stick. <laughs> you saved it. Yep. Yes. I think you should make him poop his pants right now. I think I'm gonna. But, I'm I mean, gonna poke him for a while. If he does that, he might kill him. 
It's a chance I'm willing to take, I think. <laughs> you can bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Anyway, I'm taking out my poking stick. And just <laughs> while we're conversing with this guy, I'm just poking him in the face with the stick. His in armpits the face. are yep. fully uh -huh. exposed. He could tickle him oh. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Is he ticklish? Who's talking about it? Roll for a tickling. Roll for a tickling. Roll for a tickling. Spiritual gun. Elbow. <laughs> so uh, I'm All not right. talking to him. Who's talking to him? I'm not talking to him. I'm busy. <laughs> This dude's pinned down. He's getting poked. He's got. He's thoroughly pinned. He's definitely restrained and not going anywhere. But he hasn't said anything yet. What would you like to do? I want to poke him in the eye with my stick <laughs> and say, "Say something, you piece of shit." Let's uh, get Aegis out. No, I want to hear what this guy has to say first. <laughs> well, the first thing he says is, "Ow." <laughs> my eye, you dick. <laughs> uh, something like that, yeah. I, I want to give him a like a good, solid jab in the eye. Look, you're not trying to take an eye out, are you? You're just... No, but I want him to like have some eye issues for like a couple days. I mean, he has two. Yeah. So you give him a good, solid poke in the eye, and I mean, this guy is like a hardened military. He's had a fucked up, rough life, and like Poke him in the eye so he doesn't cry out or anything like that, but you can tell you're affecting him. He's twisting his head to the side, trying to keep your goddamn pokey stick out of his eye. Um, did you... Wait, I'm sorry. You said something to him? You just said, what? what's your deal? Uh, I just said, say something. Uh, no, he's not going to give you the satisfaction just to give you the satisfaction. He, he doesn't say anything. He's just kind of like twisting around and uh, making it hard to poke him in the eye at least. I'm going to point at him. I'm going to cast Gesh on him. I'm going to oh. say, hey, tell us why you're here, and what is your main purpose? What is it? What's your major <laughs> malfunction, <laughs> private file? No, no, I'm not, okay. <laughs> what's your, what's your what special you purpose? <laughs> <laughs> I said, what are you doing here, and why did you kill your father? All right, so... I'm going to need you to rephrase that as a command that would fall within what the spell can do. Okay. Because you place a magical command on a creature that you can see within range, forcing it to carry out some service or refrain from some action or course of activity as you decide. I would... So... You like well. I mean, I Gesh guess doesn't like Gesh doesn't allow you to like force out specific mm -hmm. answers like that. Mm -hmm. But you could rephrase that in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying not to play well, your character. No, for no, you. that's good. So, um, I guess before I would do this, I I did do that hastily. I would ask my teammates, "You guys, I have this spell. What would you like to know?" I can ask him. What would you like to tell us? I would ask my team before myself. I wouldn't feel confident enough to just blurt out answers in my intelligence state. Well, and again, let me specify this, that Gesh is not give me an answer to this question. Gesh is a... Uh, like, it's not like you would say, what's your special purpose? Mm -hmm. uh, it's more like... What? I mean, it's I would, so hard I would for me to not just play this out for you. I'm just going to tell you. It would be more like, you will answer all of our questions truthfully. 
would be like a way to phrase okay, that. Okay, okay. Does that make I see, sense? I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a command, mm-hmm. not a question. Yep. I would almost like to uh, ask my teammates, we have an opportunity to have this guy tell us the truth. We just have to ask the certain question to what do we want to know in the phrase of a question? Again, sure. it's not a question, it's a command. A command. And then you could ask questions after you issue mm-hmm. a command. But Gesh in and of itself is, mm-hmm. you will follow this command or it'll hurt. It almost says, treat me as your leader just kind of thing. Uh, just tell this guy to tell us the truth. Nothing but the truth and the whole truth. So help you. So help him. Otherwise, he's going to get poked in the eye with the stick. <laughs> also take a bunch of brain damage. Yeah. I can't think of anything uh, this guy's going to tell us. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's almost a command of he has to tell us if we say we are your commanding officers almost kind of thing. Yeah, but my thought is that this guy doesn't really have any information that's of any use to me. Okay. Well, I will cast Gash still. And, um... And what is the command you will issue? My command would be, whatever we ask you, I need you to tell us truthfully, and I need you to tell us honestly. Okay. So, he makes his wisdom saving throw. He fails. That's an eight. Mm-hmm. So, he is under duress, or um, basically under duress, otherwise taking 5d10 psychic damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're successful. That wasn't really a, like a question, though. So, alright. <laughs> this, this is where it's getting weird. You said, tell us the truth. That command succeeded, but you haven't asked him anything yet. So what do you want to ask him? Well, okay, so it's kind of not turn-based. It's anybody can ask him questions, right? Yeah, and you did say we, so it applies to the group. Yep. yep. All right, I'm going to poke him in the eye and ask him, why'd you kill your dad? Because I wanted to take over this town. And then I'm going to say, hey, poke him again. Ask him, who commanded you to take over this town? I poke him in the eye. Who commanded you to take over this town? Huh? No one commanded me. I speak for myself. Why did you want to take over this town? I like running towns. Why this one? <laughs> Why this one in particular? Actually, no, he doesn't actually say that. Though. He's just being a dick. Um, he says, because it was my birthright. He's one of those. I'm going to just straight up ask him, is there any higher purpose for you taking over this town in particular? I mean, he can try to resist me if he wants, but... I'm just trying to think of how to answer that question from his perspective. Is there any higher purpose... I feel like this is either he doesn't know what you're talking about or he gives you, like, a super long rant about, like, the future oh. and, you know, the right of rule and, like, a political guess, rant about I'll... his beliefs. Okay. And I'm not sure which of those to give you in this context, but let's just say that he gives you a very long speech, or starts at least, you'll probably interrupt him, uh, but he gives you a speech about, like, him ruling this town is the best thing for this town. And that's kind of the long and short of it. I'm going to poke him. I'm going to switch eyes. Switch over to the other eye. <laughs> okay. I'm going to poke him in the eye and be like, Marcus, how, uh, how best do we take over your troops? Best do we take over troops? Hmm. I think his honest answer to that would be, there's no way you could take over my troops. They have unfailing loyalty to me. What were your troops doing in your absence? elect a new leader and who will be the elected leader in your best testament 
Andre. <laughs> <laughs> so, at this point, I'm going to ask the team, have we really found the answers we want? There's really no higher leader to this guy. He just wanted to take over. I want some more questions. You get 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and two eyes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what will it take for you to be my puppet? I'm no man's puppet and I will never be a puppet. If I kill you and put some strings on you, you'll be a puppet. <laughs> then do your worst, rogue. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the team at this point, should we bring back his father? Yep. <clears throat> I, I think, mean, I think I, that's a really good idea because I feel like Aegis might have some questions for mm-hmm. his son. Well, there's a thing. I mean, let's think about Duncan at this point as well. Are we gonna be? Are we gonna keep his promise? Are we gonna give up what we had before and maybe move over to the super adventure, or whatever that goes? I can't remember them. I don't think we have any further purpose for this town. Okay. The main reason I gave up our building. I think there's. Uh, that's a good point. If we have business in this town, we can stay in it. Do you think there's any chance Aegis is going to keep his bastard son alive? It's up to Aegis. Mm-hmm. Is it? I feel like it's up to us right now. Well, I'll kill him. I mean, we could do, we could do both. <laughs> I want to ask him... <laughs> we why can did kill his son and bring him alive. I want to ask him, were you trying to kill the very good adventuring team? Yes. Why? You were a power structure related to my father. You were a threat to me. And that's all there is to it? Of course. I don't know any of you personally, and I care nothing for your lives. I unzip my pants and I piss on them. <laughs> <laughs> that's super gross. <laughs> oh my I'm going to ask him, what do you care about most in this world? Oh, man. Dude, that's some deep-ass shit that a nice. regular human can't answer. Nice. Oh, wow. That's some sadistic shit is what it is. Alright, so here's me as a DM. I need to answer for an NPC. What do you care most about in this world? An NPC you didn't really think we were going to fuck with. (laughs) No, I knew you guys were going to fuck with him. I was pretty certain this scene was going to play out in some measure. Um, So I think his honest answer, because that is the command that Gesh had put upon him his honest answer is to do what's right in his estimation in his estimation him, is the implication there what is right in my point of view, the Jedi are evil <laughs> <laughs> it's the first order motherfucker right here oh, yeah right uh, what is right? Um, we don't want to yeah, we'll get, get in, we, we'll, we, we don't want to get into that with him. Yeah, I mean, you, what you'd have to ask I mean, is like a the, little more specific okay, of a I'll situation. Him, why do you disagree with your father? He was corrupt and ran this town poorly for his own purposes and ends. You see, that's why I get to you. Why bring back Aegis if he was corrupt? Why don't you know your father? Or why? What, like, what's going on there? My father impregnated some boar and. Talk left your mother like die. that. I'll piss on your yep. face again. <laughs> I will piss on your face a second time. <laughs> hey, don't I'll you have the bladder, rogue? I'll ask the team internally. Why is he any better than Aegis? If Aegis was corrupt, and we know he was. Are you asking why is he worse? Yeah. Aegis pays money. I think Aegis seems like a a reasonable guy. 
<laughs> or a, more of a realist. This guy is like a true believer type of sorts. Like he's... I guess the question my team would be, why would it be worse under this rule than the other? So far, we had corruption underneath the city of Duncan. This guy has no use for us. At least yeah. Aegis was a... The devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Like, how bad were things? Aegis was corrupt, but, like, benignly corrupt. Okay. Like, he wasn't, you know, like some, you know, uh, word I'm looking for. Like a homicidal fascist or anything. You know what I mean? Okay. It's weird that you said that. Pockets a little bit. My head went right to Mussolini. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say, would you like to bring Aegis back alive? Yeah, let's bring Aegis back and uh, mellow him out a little bit. Yep. And so he's thinking we'll clear head and see what he wants to do. Right. Well, I will go ahead and uh, cast that spell. Let's dump out his corpse <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah, we got to pull his dead <laughs> rotted corpse out if of the I, portal. No, we don't have to. I can go down in there, but... Yeah, I mean, you can. And we can close it up. Yeah, you down there. Why? I mean, that's not a bad idea. I mean, keep him down there. Lock you suffocating in the hole with the corpse you brought back. No, to no, no. I mean, I would. Why can't I cast a spell from where I'm at, from up okay. top? Well, it, I believe at least one of your um, bring people back from the dead spells is a range of touch. So you should check that before you. Yep. Uh, before you start running your mouth. <laughs> like, he comes back with his full capacity for thought and everything else, right? Yep. It is uh, basically like a really great healing spell. Like, to his mind, one second ago, he was being stabbed to death. I'm gonna... Kind of. Or has he been in a different plane of existence with time passing? I don't know. I'm gonna say that his recollection of the, the situation is that he was just dead a minute ago. And it's like when you wake up, like you don't have really have a sense of time passing, etc. Okay. I'm gonna while Kovic's kind of getting everything ready, I'm gonna poke this guy in his other eye, <laughs> and then he's got three. <laughs> his brown eye. His brown eye. <laughs> oh, I should have known. Oh. I'm just switching to his other eye, but I'm gonna ask, "Where's your stepmother?" Because he's reaching up with his feet to reach the movable rods. <laughs> you poke him right in his bumble. <laughs> <laughs> he's turned around a second for a second and he's oh, just no. chipping it up back there. Uh, so you ask him where his stepmother is, uh, and he says he he explains that basically her body is gone. He instructed his troops to like get rid of the corpse. Did they eat it? So I'll go ahead and cast Raise Dead. I will, uh... Yeah, there's no, there's no ladder. How far <laughs> deep is this thing? I can't believe that we've been doing... We've been adventuring outside of the podcast for, like, over a hundred hours, I think, at this point. You guys still haven't put a fucking ladder in that hole. I know. Like, I was thinking, <laughs> I was like, we have no ladder in this stupid thing. There's, like, a bookshelf in there. Let's see you can climb up uh, and down that. Okay, so we have this bookshelf, so I'm going to go ahead and touch him and run out. He only has one thing of hit points right now, and so I will cast Raise Dead. All right, so you cast Raise Dead, and through the miracle that is your magic through Hyaea, the mystical energy flows through you, his wounds close, the blood restores to his veins, and after like a minute or so, Aegis stands up down in the hole, and it's just like, oh, 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 oh the fuck happened? Oh, is, he, oh. is he butt naked? 
Uh, he's got like linen wraps around him. Okay. Does he have like scars from being stabbed? Uh, yeah, I would imagine. I mean, healing implies the same healing process that we all go through. So yeah, that guy's got some wicked scars. They're covered by linen though, so you can't see them yet. But you know, you know. Uh, so this, he's like just getting his bearings and like panting heavily, looking around him, and then he looks up and sees the three of you staring down at him. And just like, telepathically, all right, ask your questions. Really he barks up at you guys. Where the hell am I? You were killed. We brought you back to life. Uh, there's the, you see like a full fucking spectrum of emotions go across his face when you say that. He looks down and he realizes like, holy shit, I was like getting embalmed and, sh- and shit, like I'm covered in these linen wraps. But I've been playing a lot of Skyrim lately, so I've been seeing a ton of linen wraps. I Droggers. It. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to reach down and kind of give him an arm clasp and help him get out of this portable hole. Okay. I really want to make you roll for that, but I'm not going to. <laughs> he falls back down and Breaks dies. his neck. He <laughs> <laughs> went back to the carpet store. <laughs> so you, you get him, uh, you, you hoist him back up out of the hole. And um, I, feel, I feel like he's pretty groggy right now, right? So like his sphere of I can notice shit is pretty tight at this point. So he's really focused on you and he's not aware of Marcus being like, pinned down on the floor not far away so he's just kind of stunned and like staring at you guys looking for an answer so i just ask him hey just what's the last thing you remember getting stabbed a whole bunch where's daff daff is safe (sighs) i wouldn't ask if anybody else is safe necessarily (laughs) (laughs) he does ask uh he does ask about his wife helen oh sorry uh hey just do you remember who was stabbing you Everyone. Everyone. Traitors. All of them. Do you remember what they were wearing? Um, he gives general descriptions of things, and it's like soldiers and commoners. Uh, he doesn't remember any, like... Like, he can maybe pick out specific faces and names here and there, but it's not anybody that you guys really know or recognize. It's like the town turned against him. These people were prepared for this shit. When I say he got the Julius Caesar treatment, like... Well, it was friends, Romans, and countrymen. I point to the ground uh, and ask, Aegis, do you recognize this guy? He kind of shuffles over the couple of feet to where Marcus is pinned down to the ground. Uh, You can see on Marcus's face, like, the slow beginnings of rage boiling up. Like, this guy is pissed. And a fury is boiling underneath that skin, and not too far underneath it. And... Aegis kind of shuffles over to him and he peers at him and he says, I, I mean, I recognize him as the one that was on the stage, but I don't know who this, I don't know who this man is. Aegis, you don't have to take a leak, do you? I've <laughs> <laughs> been dead for a little while. I feel like I'm pretty cleaned out. <laughs> but yeah, you don't recognize this as your son? He stares for a little bit harder when you say that and he says, I can, I can see family in him, I guess, but...
episode 55, Vengeance, Thy Name is Vigat, was released on November 4th, 2018. Get up out of here with that. Vigat. 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 The Very Good Adventuring Team. Weena Toy Am. Weena Toy Am. All right. I need a break.